I have a few things I want to ask before I get going. The first is, how many people bought something? Wait, wait, first. How many people still have some Christmas shopping to do? Raise your hand. Liars. Y'all, no, stick them up. <laughs> stick them. Let me. Okay, now there's a guy, there's a woman here. Most of them are guys, and they didn't want to stick their hand up because it's like for their wife who's sitting next to them, probably. Hope they get you in trouble. I'm right, aren't I? I'm right. I'm sorry. Okay. Now, I want to see a, a raising of hands. If you bought something from Amazon this year, raise your hands. If you, uh-huh, uh-huh. Now, how many of you bought something from Amazon today thinking, oh, they'll get it here tonight. They're going to get it here tonight. <laughs> Amazon, I don't know how they do it. They're like the elves of, you know, like the real world. It'll get here tonight, and you're waiting. You, like, even though it said, like, probably won't get here by Christmas, you're like, I have more faith. I have more faith in you than you do of yourself. And so, yeah, so I bet your present, I bet your gift that you've been waiting for that you ordered too late and you have printed a picture on the computer and put it in an envelope, hung it on the tree, (laughs) you are hoping it's going to get here because there are lots of envelopes on the tree, aren't there, of pictures of things you bought on Amazon. There will be one, there will be three from me that are hanging on the tree, I'll just let you know. I can relate, I laminated them to make them like special, like... I did make some effort, you know? It's like, I didn't just like, oh my goodness, I forgot. It was like, I forgot. I printed it though in color and I laminated it. And here's your gift. And you'll get it in four days. It says it's coming in on December 27th. So, okay, there we go. We can all relate to that. Today we're going to talk about, or I'm going to talk about, and you're going to listen, um, about the birth of Jesus Christ because it is Christmas. And so we're going to start with a very traditional scripture. Uh, You may have heard it, but you may not have. And um, it is in Luke chapter 218. And I'll ask you to look for this. There is a discrepancy in here. It looks as it's though it's a contradiction of some kind. And I'm just going to, I saw that today when I was reading this passage and I thought, wonder what that means. And so I looked into it, and we're going to unpack that tonight. But I want you to look for the, like, how did they mess up the Bible kind of quote in here, okay? Here we go. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, The virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she gave birth to a son, and he called him Jesus. Okay, so so what is what is where's the contradiction here? Where is it? Do you see it? Did anyone see it? And you're just afraid? Just raise your hand, and I just want to see if anybody noticed it. Oh my goodness, look, the angel calls him who? Call him Jesus, and then the angel calls him what? Emmanuel, and then what does Joseph call him? Jesus, right? Does that, I mean, 
He said, name him Jesus, but then the angel called him Emmanuel, and then Joseph called him Jesus. And so I was like, why wouldn't the angel just say, you know, his name is Jesus, which means God saves, and then say, I mean, Jesus, you know, God saves, and then say, Jesus, God saves, because that's what Jesus came to do. And now you might be thinking, well, Emmanuel in Hebrew means God saves, but it doesn't because they tell us what it means. It means you know, God with us. And so, so what's going on here? What's going on here with the names of Jesus? Did, you know, they just throw a curveball for the heck of throwing a curveball? Is there a deeper meaning where these two things work together? Yes, there is. I'll just, that's the right answer, okay? And um, we're going to unpack that because, you see, in our culture, when you think of names, you really don't think of names the way they did in the ancient Near East or in, in Jesus' time. Okay, so in our culture, when you think of a name, you kind of think, if you're naming your child, how, how, how do you, what do you think? Like, what's a cool, trendy name? What? Oh, yeah, Avirondack. That will be a great first name. I hope that's no one's name in here. I don't mean to make fun of you if that is your name. I love Avirondack. I was going to name one of my children that. But instead, I name my children like C words, like Chase. You know, it's a C, it's not a K, but it's a C word. My second, my second son's name is Cole, so it's Chase Cole. And then we had Blake. I know. I know. Exactly. That's what I told my wife, right? Doesn't rhyme. Does not rhyme. Chase Cole and Blake? No. I wanted to go either like Chase Cole Cade. Yeah. Chase Cole Calvin. Yes, that would work, especially if you're a Calvinist. Absolutely. <laughs> There's a lot of, see, you know, it's Chase Cole Charlie. You know, or I don't know. You get to go Chase Cole Cole and have a different middle name, you know? I mean, there's a lot of things we could have done, but we went Blake. We even have a Chase Cole, and we have Keeter in my family. Chase Cole Keeter, but it's spelled with a K, but it would, it would have sound, you know, there's a better rhythm to it. And actually, Cole... There was like a few days where he changed his name to Keeter, and we called him Keeter for a while, and uh, he doesn't know that, and I didn't plan on saying it, so sorry, you can ask him about that, but we, we, we figured that it, it kind of started sounding like very country, hickish, you know? What about Keeter? But um, so that was not as cool as he thought it would be, even though it was a family name. It was my mom's maiden name. Anyway, and so... Um, and so in the, and back in Jesus' time, names were very, something very, very different, so... If you had a name, it would have meant something that people either uh, saw in you, like if, if you're named later in life, I'm going to talk about that, or if something, if someone, if you were told to name your son or daughter something, you would name your son or daughter something, but it would mean something, or if something happened in your life that was like a part of the God story, okay? And so, um, and so like when Simon became Peter, right? When he started to lead the church, he said, Simon, you're going to become Peter. And then like when Abram became Abraham, when he started leading the nation of Israel, whenever, there's a lot of them, um, there's a whole lot of them, so I'm not going to go through them all, but just trust me. In every one of the situations, what happened is they had done a God thing, or they're getting ready to do a God thing, and it, it, was a, it was a name that talked about that. And it was an identity marker of who they were. And so your name back in Israel or in, in the ancient Near East during the time of Jesus is it was like it encompassed your whole person. It encompassed your whole person. It wasn't just a way to identify, you know, Mark from Sammy, right? Or Eutychus from, you know, whoever, Jezebel or whatever. Eutychus is in the Bible. He fell out of the window, dead. Paul healed him. True story. Okay? 
And so, and so today, names really don't mean anything. They're just identifiers. But back then, they were massive. And so when an angel of the Lord comes, speaks to Joseph, and talks about, hey, your name's Jesus, right? Which means God saves, and, your na- and is, is Emmanuel with us, and Joseph named him Jesus. There's something going on there that we want to look at today, okay? And we are going to go look, kind of turn back and, and to look at the name. What, is it, what does it mean? What does Emmanuel ne- mean in the original, original language of Hebrew? And it's a, it's a word that's spelled A-M-M-I, Ami, Ami. But I'm going to use Amy because we don't say Ami in our culture. If your name's Amy, this doesn't have anything to do with you because there's a bad part of the scripture, okay? There's, there's a part of here where you're not going to be associated with this Amy name, okay? But Amy, I love you, and I'm sorry that you're going to be in the story, okay? So here we go. Amy, the first thing that Amy is used for, A-M-M-I, is it, it, it means um, establish, to establish a kind of relationship with a certain kind of people, okay? Establish a relationship with a certain kind of person. And so whenever God talks about calling the uh, nation of Israel, making him their own, he, that's the word that was used for him, okay? Does that make sense? And so here's a situation where what's happening? Something big's happening in the God story. God's deciding Okay, you're going to be my people. I'm going to love you. And, and it talks about what he's going to do in the relationship as well. So I'm going to love you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to provide for you. You are going to conquer nations in my name. And I am going to raise you up. And people are going to be like, that nation is small, but they are the fashnizzle going on, kicking everybody's butt around the town. They're so awesome. And what would happen is people would see that what nation of Israel is doing, and they would be drawn to God. They would see God, Ami, Amy, doing this thing in them that was glorifying him, okay? And so, again, all that's, that's the first thing. And so when he says Emmanuel, that's what it's talking about, the descendants of David, his relationship with them, a covenant people. And all he asks for, of them to do is... is is be perfect. If you're just perfect, I'll keep loving you. No, he doesn't say that because he, they couldn't be perfect, right? What he says, though, is all you have to do is be loyal to me. Just worship me. Don't be worshiping calves made out of gold, wooden statues. I mean, I could go on and on. Just don't be doing that. But they did that, didn't they? They turned away from God and they decided, Amy, we don't want to be under you, all right? We know that you've established this relationship with us. Yes, you protected us. You provided for us. You've done all these things for us. But we'd rather worship this golden calf or this wooden pole or this, you know, whatever. And so they turned away from him, and God added an L-A to Ami or Amy. And so now it was La Amy, Okay, and so, and they did this with lots of Hebrew words, especially with the God word, because it would change the meaning of the word. And in this case, it really changed it. It was not a good thing how he changed it, okay? And so I'm going to read a scripture right here, and it says this. When the Lord first spoke to Hosea, when the Lord first spoke to Hosea, the Lord said to Hosea, go to yourself, oh, go to yourself, a wife of whoredom. And have children of whoredom, for the, last, for the last commits great whoredom by forsaking the Lord. That's just not a, good, that's not a good start to a chapter, is it, in the Bible, whenever God's talking about what your family's going to be like. 
okay? It gets worse, okay? And so um, she conceived and bore him a son, and it says she conceived and bore him a daughter. First, the son came, but his name's just kind of not. It's like Jezreel or something, and it means something, but it's not as good as these last two names. She conceived again and bore him a daughter, and the Lord said, call her name No Mercy. That was her name, No Mercy, right? And so then it says, for I will no more have mercy on the house of Israel to forgive them at all. Okay, so she was named as part of the God story, La Amy. La Amy, that's not a good thing. It's not a good thing to be named La Amy, no mercy. I want to demonstrate through this one, I'm foreshadowing that I'm not going to have mercy anymore on Israel because they've become an adulterous nation. They've turned away from me and they're worshiping idols. After all I've done for them, there's no reason they should do that, but they did it. And so he begins this story, and he's starting to foreshadow, like, this is what's going to happen. And then, when she, had, when she had weaned no mercy, she conceived and bore a son, and the Lord said, call his name, not my people, Lo-Ami. Call his name, not my people, Lo-Ami, okay? And so, um, for you are not my people, and I am not your God. Okay, so, first of all, let's just have some compassion on these two at the playground, Right? Seriously. Hey, come over here. You know, not my God. Come over here. You know, like they would have been made made fun of. They would, you know, hey, no mercy. Come over here. Not my people. Come over here. Right? So they would have been, that's pretty embarrassing growing up like that. So there's some compassion there, right? But both of these things happen as a sign of what, of the disloyalty that, that God was receiving. And he's like, I love you too much. Why are you doing this? And we see this a lot in the Bible, okay? So things happen, but at the end of this scripture, I'm not going to read it. It's like, and then it says like, but the Lord did this and they became his again, right? And so there's always like, boom, 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 boom. And then, but the Lord did this out of his grace and love. And he no longer called them no mercy. He called them, I am mercy and I will whatever. It doesn't say that, but he does stuff like that all through the Bible. Okay, and that's what happens next. What happens next is, is that there is a remnant who go back to worshiping the Lord. Okay, there's a remnant, a small group of people that go back to worshiping the Lord. And what they do in this case is instead of adding to Amy, A-M-M-I, they take it away. They take two letters away. So it's instead of A-M-M-I, it's A-M, Am. Okay, Am. And so what that means is, it says, in the day of the Lord, he will extend yet a hand a second time. He will come after you a second time to recover the remnant that remains his people. It says this in Zechariah 8, 6. He will save them. Thus says the Lord of hosts, if it is marvelous in the sight of the remnant of his people in those days, thus says the Lord of hosts, behold, I will save my people from the east county, country and from the, the west country, and I will bring them to dwell in the midst of Jerusalem. And they will be my people, and I will be their God in faithfulness and righteousness. Out of God's faithfulness, out of God's righteousness, he goes back to them, even though they were low armies, and they were running away from him, and they didn't like him, and they were angry at him, and they did all these things. The Lord moved towards them. And this is the story of the whole Bible. It's the story of Christmas. It's the story that we're going we're gonna to end up on here tonight, is that God's, the nature of God, all through Scripture, is demonstrated in that reality. 
That, that regardless of what his children do, regardless of what his people do, he is constantly moving towards us, always moving towards us. And baby Jesus, baby Jesus is the greatest example in, in the scripture of God moving towards us, wanting to restore relationship with us, wanting to save us, wanting to be with us. Okay, and so we have this. We have this happening. God desiring to be with us, right? And so he says, um, his name's Emmanuel. Okay, he says his, his name's Emmanuel, but they also call him Jesus, that God saves. Emmanuel, God with us, has come down, he's come down to save his people from our sins, to establish a relationship with us so that we would be his people. That's, that's what that's saying right there, is that Emmanuel, God has come down to be with us, to not only save us from our physical enemies, to not only protect and provide for our physical needs, to not only care for us, to not only feed us, to not only make our crops go, but he is coming down to do something that he has never, ever done before like he's getting ready to do it. Something new is going to happen, right? Something new is getting ready to break into the world. So there's a name change. From Emmanuel to Jesus. Mighty counselor to Jesus. Now all of these things are true about him. But, but, but the angel's marking, putting a stake in the stand, saying things are changing. There's a new covenant. There's something that's happening in the world that has never happened before. Behold, Go and see. This has never, ever happened. Go and look at this. For God has come to not only rescue you from what he has always rescued you from, but he is going to do something that rescues you forever from what separates you with him. Because he desires to be in relationship with you. Remember, that was the first thing Emmanuel meant. It establishes covenant. It establishes relationship. It establishes you being his people and him being your God. And so the invitation of Jesus coming on Christmas morning is God inviting us. He's inviting you tonight. He's a, if you don't know him, if, if he isn't your protector, if he is not the one who is saving and rescuing all the things that you feel like you need in life and you do need in life, that's the invitation of Christmas is I'm coming for you. I love you. I want to be your God. I want you to be my people. I want to save you. I want to rescue you from your loneliness, from being isolated, from your anxiety, from the frustration you have in relationships or maybe with your job. When it came and when Jesus comes and talks about salvation, it doesn't just mean our hearts. It means all of our life. It means all of our world. It means all of who we are, our identity, becomes wrapped up in his name. In his name. That becomes our new identity. The old is gone, who we were, and we are renamed in Jesus Christ. We are a new creation in him. We are a new creation in him. And that's what he desires. That's what he desires with each of us. Will you come to me? Will you allow me to be your God? And will you be my son? Will you allow me to be, you know, will you be my daughter? Now, this is interesting. This is a verse that uh, isn't read a lot. And um, 
It's in Revelation 2.17. And it talks about another name that's going to be given. It says this. He who has an ear, let him hear. Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will give some of the hidden manna, and I will give him a white stone with a new name written on it. And the stone that, that no... And, on the stone, no one knows except the one who receives it. Okay, so this is what he's saying right here. John's saying this. He's saying this. He says, he says, if you come and follow me, I am going to give you a manna that is hidden. And there's a verse in the Bible that talks about hidden manna. Okay, and it says this about hidden manna. It says this. Jesus says this. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And so what's happening here, John is saying, the hidden manna is what your fathers ate, and they died. I'm you come and eat of the bread of life. You come and receive Jesus, born... In a manger, you come and receive the gift that the Father has for you. You come and receive that. You take him in. Allow him to take over your life. Rename you. Make you a new creation. And you will live forever. And when we get to heaven, he will give us a stone. And, and no, no one knows what this means. It's like a mystery. And there's all these, these ideas about what it means. It's very interesting. But um, they don't know what it means. And they say what's important is not what the stone means. What's important is the intimacy that's being communicated between our Savior and the person who receives it. That Jesus Christ came into the world, yes, to save the whole world. Jesus Christ came in the world, yes, to save the church for himself. But Jesus Christ came into the world. He knew you before the creation of the world. He knew you before you were ever born. He knew you. And he came in a manger so that you would have the pro- opportunity to know him, to experience him on, a, on an intimate level to the degree that he is going to give you a name when you're in heaven that only you and him will share. That only you and him will share. That is the invitation tonight, is do you want to come into an intimate relationship with the king of the universe, and he will give you something. He will give you something that nobody else knows about. A life with him, a name. I don't know what it will say, because we all will have different ones, right? But it will communicate something about who you are, how special you are, and how you bless the Father. Think about all the millions of people who have died, who have gone ahead of us, each getting a new name. Think about our family members that we pray for. Think about our brothers and sisters who are handicapped, being restored, people who, who have not been able to walk their whole life, or they've been blind, or they've been whatever. Jesus healing all of that and saying, that's who you were. That's not who you are now. This is who you are. And giving us something, giving us something that identifies us so intimately as his son or his daughter. That's the invitation I offer you tonight, and that's the invitation of Christmas, that you would come and receive the gift of Jesus Christ, the life of Jesus Christ, the name of Jesus Christ, and become a new creation. 
Let's stand. So what we're going to do now is we're going to, um, we're going to pass out candles. We're going to sing O Holy Night, and the ushers are going to be passing out candles. And you may have already gotten a candle. Does every, if you don't have a candle, raise your hand. So we got some no candles over here. Is there any candles? We need candles over here. The band's going to come up now. So the band's going to come up now as they're passing out the candles, and we're going to sing O Holy Night. And then um, when this song is over, I'll come get the Christ candle, and I'll light uh, some of the ushers, some of the folks that were welcoming you tonight. We're going to light their candles, and then they're going to go around, and they're going to light your candles. And, and here's the deal is we're breaking all kinds of fire codes. We're not supposed to have, we're not supposed to have this here, okay? But we are taking the stance of it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. Now, kids, don't apply that to any other area of your life especially when it comes to fire. Now, and, and, and so what we're going to do is you're going to just, you're going to be singing Silent Night. I think you might know the words of Silent Night. So you don't need to like turn and read the words of Silent Night because when you turn and read or you lose, like you have like self-awareness of where my candle is, you're going to light somebody on fire. And it will be funny on YouTube, but it will not be funny at the end of our Christmas service when we're singing Silent Night, okay? So does everybody have a candle? We're going to allow Jim to lead us into O Holy Night, and then we'll do Silent Night following that. Father, we invite you to come, that you would open our hearts to receive your son, Jesus Christ, the gift of him, the life that he gives us. And we just stay in your presence, stay in the, in, in the midst of your holiness, and allow you to just, to just come through your spirit, and reach into our hearts and just bring life and bring your love.